Canto 7-9 of Book 2 of the Ramayana of Balmiki Translated by Ralph D. H. Griffith This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by O123 Canto 7 Mantara's Lament It chanced a slave-born handmaid, bread, which Queen Keke fancy led, mounted the stair and stood upon the terrace like the moon that shone. Dense Mantara at ease surveyed, Ayodhya to her eyes displayed, where water cooled the royal street, where heaps of flowers were fresh and sweet, and costly flecks and panels hung, on roof and tower their shadow flung, with covered ways prepared in haste, and many an awning newly placed, with sandal-scented streams bedewed, thronged by a new-bedded multitude, whose streets were full of Brahman bands, with wreaths and sweetmeats in their hands. Loud instruments their music raised, and through the town, wherever she gazed, the doors of temples glittered white, and the maid marvelled at the sight. Of Rama's nurse, who, standing by, gazed with a joy-expanded eye, in robes of purest white attired, the wandering damsel does inquired. Does Rama's mother give away, rich largesse to the crowds today? On some dear object fondly bent, or blessed with measureless content. What mean these signs of rare delight, on every side that meet my sight? Say, will the king with joy elate, some happy triumph celebrate? The nurse, with transport uncontrolled, her glad tale to the humpback told. Our lord the king, to-morrow morn, will consecrate his eldest born, and raise in Pushya's favouring hour, Prince Rama to the royal power. As does the nurse her tidings spoke, raised in humpback's breast awoke, down from the terrace like the head of Aikailasha's hill she sped. Sin in her thoughts, her soul aflame, where Queen Kaike slept, she came. Why sleepest thou? she cried, arise, peril is near, unclose thine eyes. Ah, heedless queen, too blind to know what floods of sin above thee flow. Thy boasts of love and grace are over, thine is the show and nothing more. His favour is an empty cheat, a torrent dried by summer's heat. Thus, by the artful maid addressed, in cruel words from raging breast, the queen, sore troubled, spoke in tongue. What evil news have I to learn? That mournful eye, that altered cheek, of sudden war or danger speak. Such were the words Kaike said, then mantra, her eyeballs red, with fury, skilled with treacherous art, to grieve yet more her lady's heart. From Rama, in her wicked hate, Kaike's love to alienate, upon her evil purpose bent, began again most eloquent. Peril awaits thee, swift and sure, and utter war defying cure. King Dasarat will create, Prince Rama, heir associate, plunged in the depths of wild despair, my soul a prey to pain and care, as though the flames consumed me chill, has brought me for my lady's will. Thy grief, my queen, is grief to me, thy gain my greatest gain would be. Proud daughter of a princely line, the rights of consort queen are thine. How art thou, born of royal race, blind to the crimes that kings debase? Thy Lord is gracious to deceive, and flatters, but thy soul to grieve. While thy pure heart, that thinks no sin, 
knows not the snares that hem thee in. Thy husband's lips on thee bestow soft soothing word and empty show. The wealth, the substance, and the power this day will be cautiously as dower. With crafty soul, thy child he sends to dwell among thy distant friends, and every rival far from sight to Rama gives the power and might. Ah me, for thou unhappy dame, deluded by a husband's name, which more than mother's love hast pressed, is serpent to thy heedless breast, and cherished him who walks thee war, no husband but a deadly foe. For like a snake unconscious queen, or enemy who stabs unseen, King Dasarath all untrue, has dealt with thee and Varat too. Ah, simple lady, long beguiled by his soft words who falsely smiled. Poor victim of the guileless breast, a happier fate thou meritest. For thee and thine destruction waits, when he, Prince Rama, consecrates. Ah, poor lady, while there yet is time, preserve thyself, prevent the crime. Up from thy careless ease, and free thyself, O queen, thy son and me. Delighted at the words she said, Kaike lifted from the bed, like autumn's moon her radiant head, and joyous at the tidings gave, a jewel to the humpback slave. And as she gave the precious toy, she cried in her exceeding joy, Take this, dear maiden, for thy news, most grateful to mine ear, and choose what grace beside most featly may the welcome messenger repay. I joy that Rama gains the throne, Kaushalya's son is as mine own. Canto eight, Mantara's Pitch The damsel's breast with fury bond, She answered, as the gift she spawned, What time, O simple queen, is this, For idle dreams of fancied bliss? Hast thou not sensed thy state to know, Engulfed in seas of whelming war? Sick as I am with grief and pain, My lips can scarce a laugh restrain, To see thee hail with ill-timed joy, A peril mighty to destroy. I mourn for one so fondly blind, What omen of a prudent mind, Would welcome, even as thou hast done, The lordship of a rival's son, Rejoiced to find her secret foe, Empowered like death to launch the blow. I see that Rama still must fear, Divert to his throne too near. Hence is my heart disquieted, For those who fear are those we dread. Lakshman, the mighty bow who draws, With all his soul serves Rama's cause, And chains as strong to Varad bind, Satrugna with his heart and mind. Now next to Rama, lady fair, Thy Varad is the lawful heir, and far remote I win the chance that might the younger to advance. Yes, queen, it is Rama that I dread, wise, prompt, in warlike signs bred, and oh, I tremble when I think of thy dear child on ruin's brink. Blessed with a lofty fate is she, Kaushilya, for her son will be, placed when the moon and Pusha meet, by Brahmans on the royal seat, Thou, as a slave in suppliant guise, must wait upon Kaushalya's eyes. With all her wealth and bliss secured, and glorious from her foes assured, her slave, with us who serve thee, thou, will see thy son to Rama bow, 
and Sita's friends exult over all, while Varat's wife shares Varat's fall. As does the maid in rat complained, Kaikei saw her heart was pained, and answered eager in defence of Rama's worth and excellence. Nay, Rama, born the monarch's heir, by holy father's trained with care, virtuous, grateful, pure and true, claims royal sway as rightly due. He, like a sire, will long defend each brother, minister and friend. Then why, O humpback, art thou pained to hear that he the throne has gained? Be sure, when Rama's empire ends, the kingdom to my son descends. Who, when a hundred years are flown, shall sit upon his father's throne? Why is thine heart thus sad to see the joy that is and long shall be? This fortune by position sure, and hopes which we may count secure. Dear as the darling son I bore, is Rama, yea, or even more. Most duteous to Kaushalya, he is yet more dutiful to me. What though he rule, we need not fear, his brethren to his soul are dear. And if the throne Prince Rama fail, Varat will share the empire's tale. She seized the troubled damsel's side sighs long and hard and thus replied what madness has possessed thy mind to warnings deaf to dangers blind canst thou not see the floods of war that threaten over thine head to flow first rama will the throne acquire then rama's son succeed his sire while varat will neglected pine excluded from the royal line not all his sons o lady fair the kingdom of a monarch share all ruling when a sovereign dies, while tumult in the state would rise. The eldest, be he good or ill, is ruler by the father's will. Know, tender mother, that thy son, without a friend and all undone, far from the joyous ease of home, an alien from his race will roam. I sped to thee for whom I feel, but thy fond heart mistakes my chill. Thy hand a present would bestow, because thy rival triumphs so. When Rama once begins his sway, without a foe, his will to stay, thy darling Varat he will drive to distant lands if left alive. By thee the child was sent away, beneath his grandsire's roof to stay. Even in stocks and stones per force, will friendship spring from intercourse. The young Satrugna too would go with Varat, for he loved him so. As Lakshman steel to Rama cleaves, he his dear Varat never leaves. There is an ancient tale that tell, a tree the foresters would fell, was saved by reeds that round it stood, for love that sprang of neighborhood. So Lakshman Rama will defend, and each on each for aid depend. Such fame on art their friendship wins, as that which binds the heavenly twins. And Rama never will pop us wrong to Lakshman, for their love is strong. But Varat, oh, of this be sure, must evil at his hands endure. Come, Rama from his home expel, and exile in the woods to dwell. The plan, O Queen, which I advise, secures thy will, if thou be wise. So we and all thy kit and kin, advantage from thy gain shall win. 
shall Varat meet for happier fate, born to endure his rival's hate. With all his fortune ruined cower, and dread his brother's mightier power. Up, queen, to save thy son, arise, prostrate at Rama's feet he lies. So the proud elephant who leads his trooping consorts through the reeds, falls in the forest's shade beneath the lion's spring and murderous teeth. Scorned by thee in thy bliss and pride, Kaushalya was of old defied, and will she now forbear to show the vengeful rancour of a foe? O queen, the darling is undone, when Rama's hand has once begun Ayodhya's realm to sway. Come, win the kingdom for thy child, and drive the alien to the wild in banishment today. Canto nine, the plot. As fury lit Kaikei's eyes, she spoke with long and burning shies. This day my son and throne shall see, and Rama to the woods shall flee. But tell me, damsel, if thou can, a sudden way, a skilful plan, that Varat made the empire gain, and Rama's hopes be nursed in vain. The lady seized, the wicked maid, the mandate of her queen obeyed, and darkly plotting Rama's fall, responded to Kaikei's call. I will declare, do thou attend, how Varat may his throne ascend. Dost thou forget what things befell, or dost thou feign remembering well? Or wouldst thou hear my tongue repeat, a story for thy need so meet? Gay lady, if thy will be so, now hear the tale of long ago. And when my tongue has done its part, ponder the story in thine heart. When gods and demons fought of old, thy lord with royal saints enrolled, sued to the war with thee to bring, his might to aid thy mortal's king. Far to the southern land he sped, where Dundak's mighty wilds are spread, the Vajayanta's city swayed, by Sumber, whose flag displayed the hugest monster of the sea. Lord of a hundred wilds was he. With might, which gods could never blame, Against the king of heaven he came, Then raged the battle wild and dread, And mortal warriors fought and bled. The fians by night with strength renewed, Charged, slew the sleeping multitude. Thy lord, King Dasarath Long, Stood fighting with the demon throng, but long of arm, unmatched in strength, Fell wounded by the darts at length. Thy husband, senseless by thy aid, Was from the battlefield conveyed, And wounded nigh to death thy lord, Was by thy care to health restored. Well pleased, the grateful monarch swear, To grant thy first and second prayer. Thou for no favour then wouldst sue, The gifts reserved for season deal. And he, thy high-souled lord, agreed, to give the boons when thou shouldst need. Myself I knew not what befell, but of the tale have heard thee tell, and close to thee in friendship need, deep in my heart have treasured it. Remind thy husband of his oath, recall the boons and claim them both, that Varat on the throne be placed, with rites of consecration graced, and Rama to the Uts be sent, for twice seven years of banishment. Go, queen, the mourner's chamber seek, with angry eye and burning cheek, and with disordered robes and hair, on the cold earth lie prostrate there. When the king comes, still mournful lie, speak not a word, nor meet his eye, but let thy tears in torrent flow, and lie enamoured of thy woe. 
well do I know thou long hast been, and ever art his darling queen. For thy dear sake, O well-loved dame, the mighty king would brave the flame. But never would anger thee or brook to meet his favourite's wrathful look. The loving lord would even die, thy fancy queen to gratify. And never could he arm his breast to answer nay to thy request. Listen and learn, O dull of sense, thine all-resistless influence. Gems he will offer, pearls and gold, refuse his gifts, be stern and cold. Those proffered boons at length recall, and claim them till he grants thee all. And, O oh, my lady, high in bliss, with heedful thought, forget not this. When from the ground his queen he lifts, and grants again the promised gifts, bind him with oaths he cannot break, and thy demands unflinching make. The drama travelled to the wild, five years and nine from home exiled, and Varat, best of all who reign, the empire of the land obtain. For when this term of years has fled, over the banished Rama's head, the royal son to Viga grown, and rooted form will stand alone. The king, I know, is well inclined, and this the hour to move his mind. Be bold, the treat and right prevent, and force the king from his intent. She ceased, so counselled to her bane, disguised beneath a show of gain. Keke, in her joy and pride, to mantra again replied, Thy sense I envy, prudent maid, with sagest lord thy leads persuade. No humpback made in all the art, for wise resolve can match thy word. Thou art alone with constant chill, devoted to thy lady's will. Dear girl, without thy faithful aid, I had not marked the plot he laid. Full of all guile and sin and spite, misshapen humpback shocked the sight. But thou art fair and formed to please, bent like a lily by the breeze. I look thee over with watchful eye, and in thy frame no fault can spy. The chest so deep, the west so trim, so round the lines of breast and limb, thy cheeks with moon-like beauty shine, and the warm wealth of beauty is thine. Thy legs, my girl, are long and neat, and somewhat long thy dainty feet, while stepping out before my face, thou seemest like a crane to pace. The thousand wiles are in thy breast, which some barada find possessed, and countless others all thine own, O damsel says, to thee unknown. Thy very hump becomes thee too, O thou whose face is fair to view, For they reside in endless store, Plots, wizard wiles, and warrior lore. A golden chain I will round it fling, When Rama's flight makes Bharat king. Yea, polished links of finest gold, When once the wished-for prize I hold, With not to fear and none to hate, Thy hump, dear maid, shall decorate. A golden frontlet wrought with care, and precious jewels shall thou wear. Two lovely robes around thee fold, and walk a goddess to behold. Beading the moon himself compare, his beauty with a face so fair. With scent of precious sandal sweet, down to the nails upon thy feet, first of the household thou shalt go, and pay with scorn its battle foe. Kaikai's praise the damsel heart, and thus again her lady steered who lay upon her beauteous bed, like fire upon the altar fed. Dear queen, they build the bridge in vain, when swollen streams are dry again. Arise, thy glorious task complete, 
and draw the king to thy retreat. The large-eyed lady left her bower, exulting in her pride of power, and with the humpback sought the gloom and silence of the mourner's room. The string of priceless pearls that hung around her neck to art she flung, with all the wealth and lustre lent by precious gem and ornament. Then, listening to her sleep's advice, lay like a nymph from paradise. As on the ground her limbs she laid, once more she cried unto the maid, Soon must thou to the monarch say, Kaike's soul has passed away, or Rama banished as we plan, my son made king shall rule the land. No more for gold and gems I care, for brave attire ordained to fair. If Rama should the throne ascend, that very hour my life will end. The royal lady, wounded true, the bosom of the dirts that flew, launched from the humpback's tongue, pressed both her hands upon her side, and over and over again she cried, with wildering fury's tongue. Yes, it shall be thy task to tell, that I have hurried hands to dwell, in Yama's realms of woe, or happy Varad shall be king, and doomed to years of wandering. Koshilia's son shall go, I heed not dainty vines now, fair wreaths of flowers to twine my brow, soft balm of precious scent, my very life I count as naught, nothing on earth can claim my thought, but Rama's banishment. She spoke these words of cruel ire, then stripping off her gay attire, the cold bare floor she pressed, so falling from her home on high, some lovely daughter of the sky, upon the ground might rest. With darkened brow and furious mien, stripped of her gems and rat the queen, in spotless beauty lay, like heaven obscured with gathering cloud, when shades of midnight darkness shroud its stars expiring ray. End of Canto 7 to 9